Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I've been around cybersecurity for the last 20 years. I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. My main work is vendor consulting and cybersecurity advisory. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I always intrigued to learn how company starts. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. The podcast is also affiliated with Security Architecture Podcast. I have a pleasure here to talk to Amit about his journey and what he did. Amit, can you please introduce yourself and what you do? Yes, hi, Danny. It's always a big pleasure to connect with you and uh, have intelligent, funny, and savvy conversations. And thank you very much for arranging this call today. My name is Amit. I'm the co-founder and the CEO of uh, Print 81, which is a cybersecurity company based out of uh, Israel and the US. We develop a platform that basically comes to solve the problem where the internet is the new corporate network and how companies can build their networks over the open internet instead of the site where today employees are outside the offices and resources are in the cloud and the open internet is the new corporate network. So it creates a revolution in the way companies work. And that's, that is what we are aiming to solve. I am a software engineer. I studied computer science at Tel Aviv University. Also served in the Elite Technology Unit in the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, my passion is product and development. Uh, I started uh, and still coding sometimes. When I th- see things are not progressing, I will find myself just like coding uh, things and, and, and part of the active development. So this is something that is my passion. And this is also where I believe Print 31 as a company is very much a product-driven. Our goal is to build a great product. And we believe that once you build a great product and deliver a great service, then the commercial success will follow. Of course, considering that you have a very strong product market fit. Makes sense. I, I started in Tel Aviv, but last year I relocated to the States. I live today in Princeton, New Jersey, and work out of our New York City office. Great. So the company been around for four years, correct? We started in 2018, yes. Thanks. So I want to dive in to understand what happened in your life that made you to start the company. And it was, I believe, not only you had some partners with you as well. So maybe you can walk me through the motivation, the inspiration, or maybe some challenges that you're thinking led you to start the company. So my story is longer than four years. I studied computer science at the university. And while I was studying computer science, I worked at IBM, a very large corporate. You all know of probably. And something in me said that I would like to go into my own path. And I partnered together with a friend of mine that studied with me computer science, Guy Kidali, that really complimented me where I have a very strong development skills and infrastructure. And it was very creative in mental fields of experience and design. I was always very impressed from the presentations that we've made in, in Tel Aviv universities. And we've done their workshop. So we decided to join forces together and to work on something. We've had multiple ideas. And while I was working in IBM, we both, and he worked at Siemens, we both decided to lower our full-time job to, to, to about 40%, so two days a week. And uh, three days a week uh, to work on a project of our own. We circulated many ideas. We ended up with building a consumer VPN company named Safer VPN, which was the time 
if you are going to China and you want to access Facebook and, or access Netflix while you are in Israel and secure yourself while you're on public Wi-Fi. That was the rationale and we, we've bootstrapped. So we developed the product, we developed the website. I remember the day that we practically sat in the basement of our third co-founder that founded with us, Sefer Pierre and Yon Kana and coded Right. And we started to sell and we saw that the first customer comes from Brazil. And after like three or four months that we worked on the project and scaled it up and it was exciting. It was a pure, let's say, self-motivation and in order to do something that will, and to learn this space, we didn't know nothing about VCs. We didn't know nothing about running a company. I remember I took my first bookkeeper. We had customers, right? I took my first book that the bookkeeping that I was working on a bookkeeping of different businesses, not that businesses like ordinary, like think about supermarket, right? And we've practically built a business. I called it a falafel shop. We had software, which is the consumer VPN. We didn't raise any money back then. We've optimized our conversion funnels and started to advertise on Google. And that way grew the business from 2014 till 2017, really up to about three to four million dollars in AR, bootstrapping. And we did many mistakes along the way. And it's very different, right, in perspective to run a business when you bootstrap or running or raising VC money, right? When you're in bootstrap, you put attention to every dollar that you spend and you live from day to day, right? Like, like I was in a student and I didn't have any money, then how to survive? And I think it developed a great amount of resiliency and helped a lot, specifically in our journey today. Now, while we're working on Safer VPN, the consumer VPN, we've heard about many our consumer customers asking if they can use that VPN in their office, in their... It was very user-friendly, but it was a different use cases and different technology, but just because it's a VPN, but... Everyone knows that a VPN for consumers is very different than a VPN for companies, right? But just the term is the same, they asked us. And this is basically 10 few bobs in our heads. And we understood that employees are going to be remote and 5G and fiber was starting back then. And we understood that the internet would be much, much faster. And it doesn't make sense to consume physical infrastructure and you can probably move that piece to the internet and to provide a better user experience and a better security if the firewall or the VPNs at the time would be driven by software. So we decided to jump into the water. Also, we understood that the multipliers, back then we tried to raise funds already to the consumer VPN business and we saw that the multipliers for consumer business are much, much smaller than a B2B and a business company, right? So we decided to go and create Plant31. We've created a sketch. I remember I said for two days and built a presentation of the vision of what we'd like to do with Plant31 and how the screens would look like and I can show you it. It's pretty much, there's a great similarity to where we are today. So that exercise of envision what will be the future based on customers' calls and reiterations. I remember I sent thousands of LinkedIn messages to different CISOs and others to meet with me and to give me feedback. 
So the feedback is basically your way to do validation, correct? Of market validation. Not only to understand the problem, to understand what they need. We have a concept in our head, how it translates to a product market fit. Like, what is the need? What, how they envision it working? You know, yeah. that, uh, in the beginning, we got Newsoft, which was a nice enterprise and talked with the IT teams uh, several times and circulated about the ideas. And we always thought that tomorrow we're going to provide them the solution. But they gave us a lot. So we decided to jump into the water. In the beginning, we utilized the profits and the income that we've generated in the consumer VPN business in order to invest in Bitcoin 31. It was before the 2020, 2021 days. And the rest is history. We end up selling the consumer VPN to J2 Global, public company in the States. And start uh, parent anyone. And uh, based on all the feedback, and of course, we've iterated it a lot. Many similarities in the product have been taken from Safer VPN and the go to market. There's a few. The fact that we can onboard customers relatively very quickly and easily, like it takes 15 minutes to an hour to onboard a customer. We're onboarding more than 130 new customers every month. They land, they expand. We have a very much product led growth which is very unique in the cybersecurity space. Today, any company from any size can go to our website, one, and even with a credit card, build a secure network with no other, also. So basically you're saying you have a self-service in a way. We do have the sales teams and instant sales teams, customer success, but for a technology savvy customer, and they can go in and even not talk with us and to completely onboard the company relatively very quickly. So we kept that capabilities, which are super important for us, right? You grew the company, you found some customers, and you mentioned in the beginning that you had product-led sales in your way. So when the company became bigger, and I guess people ask for more features, I'm wondering, I always ask people like chicken and egg, do you finish until the product is ready or you're going and you start selling the idea already depends on what in what stage so in the beginning you sell a promises and there is understanding between you and your customer that this is just promises right we're going to deliver as we go it's based a lot on your personal relationship and that you develop with the customer and it's very much founder-led selling Right. As you grow, and this is the I think a pivotal point is to see if you can move away from founder-led selling to a repeatable and sustainable sales motion, right? And you have actual a business, a real business. And then sometimes promises are not enough and you have to show in the river. And there is also debate whether you announce your new feature before you actually have it because then they won't buy your solution out, right? Just like iPhone. If you say that you have a new iPhone in September, not necessarily and start to advertise it, not necessarily in August or in July, you're going to buy the iPhone, right? So there is, we're very careful about the announcement and once we announce it's already ready and proved and tested so this is a critical point we're not rushing into just saying that we have it and then we cannot back it up so it's important in what stage right the stage that we are at now is a different stage than when we were a year ago 
for example, a year ago, we had a much more technical debt. We're focusing on new features, development, innovation. Then we scale. Today we have 2,800 customers that are running the networks of Open 31. It's a very large number. And you cannot change or move as quickly as you'd like because you have companies and customers that are running the entire corporate network over you, right? You cannot, you want to change a component. It's like change a wheel. It's like changing a wheel in the car while the car is driving 100 miles an hour. So how, actually, how do you do this? Like, how do you make upgrades to software without impacting customer connectivity? So you need to invest in technical debt and you need to introduce more enterprise grade. Like for example, if you're beginning, you use a lot of open source and you replace them with enterprise grade solutions. Your environment from a microservice environment that you manage in a single region you becomes to have a blue-green deployment where you have a two identical environments that you need to maintain much, much more money, much more efforts, right? Much slower to develop. It's an interesting question that I was thinking about as a topic. So you're a cybersecurity company and you need to make sure you create a secure product, but then you also need to make sure you secure and the software is secure. So what do you Go do ahead. to make sure that the internal, the open source software, the software bill of material, whatever you, the development you do is also secure? You're absolutely right. And this is things that we have been investing in the past year. First of all, as a startup, not necessarily you have someone in charge on security, right? So a year ago, we hired someone that that is his job, right? To make sure that this, we develop a secure code, we do penetration tests, we have all the compliance requirements, we're monitoring our environments, we do code scanning, there is the shift left, right? Yes. Yeah. Type of methodologies, but it's cultural thing, right? The beginning, not necessarily we invest in security and this is our job, right? For example, when our support team needs to access a customer environment, the customer needs to grant access specifically for a certain time. And this is something, right, that other companies just don't care about. When the support needs to access your account, they simply access in your account. That gives lots of risk that if someone basically your support user has been compromised, then your customers are at risk. And we saw multiple acts like this, like recently Tokta. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good example. And this inherent like thinking, right? How can we harden our platform? How can we make it secure? How we can prevent risks and mitigations for customers are critical because we understand this is the bread and butter. But you invest more and more into it. So we ended up now today, I think only 20, 25% of our resources is invested in innovation and new features and development, it's still a lot because we have a very large teams, right? But 75% is invested in security, resiliency, stability, scale, market. Yeah. in matter of R&D resources, right? Because we have already developed a strong product market fit. We have, we've collecting 
features from customers and always prioritizing it and working very hard, very fast and quickly to do it, but in a responsible manner. The stability and the resiliency of a platform that is real time and embedded. We are the bloodstream of our customers and this is a great responsibility. So that's something that we are always top of mind on our side. Let me ask you a different question. If you can go back in time four or five years ago, or even maybe more or less, what will be the advice you will give to yourself? The different thing. It's a good question. Take things easy. Think at the beginning, every have an event or you are get you're being stressed from everything, right? Like no, IRS is coming over to do the inspection for the books. Okay. You think that this is a wow, I'm gonna do because it's but eventually your problems are not as big as they are. There will be always problems, you always overcome. So don't be too stressed about it. Things usually work out. Okay. Because at the beginning, once we started my first mention entrepreneurship business, there were many obstacles, right? All the time. And I mentioned you developed that resiliency, right? Understand you are seeing things all over again and again. It's okay. You have an important person in your team that is decided to do something else and can find a replacement. And any like the day to day, you know. I would definitely say take it more easy. Gotcha. We're going to switch topics right now. I'm going to talk about dark side. So if you guys still here and still listening, we're going to talk about what's went wrong and maybe some of the horror stories. So Amit, tell us some things that you're like, oh my God, you know, bad customer meeting, VC meeting, or something that you learned that you completely was doing wrong in your chain. Two things like... In Safer VPN, the consumer VPN business, we decided to do a new website. And we didn't do it gradually. One day we built a new website, new flows, and one day we replaced it completely. And it was driven by inbound and inside sales, right? And we worked on that website a lot, about maybe eight months. Once we replaced it, all our sales dropped significantly. And the revenue dropped. And we didn't understand why. And we insisted about, let's get it fixed. So added more logs, more events to understand the user behaviors, to understand why it is not working as, as well as the previous one. And it took us two or three months to fix all the different topics in order to get to where we were at and last about a million dollars in income because of it. And it was because we insisted, because we worked eight months, we didn't want to roll back to the previous website. And so stubborn, instead of admitting you're wrong? You didn't want to pure like the things that you've worked so hard to trash, right? And here I definitely act differently today. So first of all, you need to A-B test and do it gradually and to measure everything. But if something is not working, cut it quickly. And even you invested a lot 
into it and learn from it and improve going forward, right? To insist to go with something that is not working, try again and again, not necessarily the right approach. So we spoke about changes and what's went wrong and maybe need to change it gradually. And I'm wondering, is there some kind of metrics that you put to yourself to make sure you're aligned and you're not going, as you mentioned with the website, the wrong direction for eight months and you need to stop? So, of course. So that's also led me to another point. Like in Print 31, with Safer VPN, we try to give us visibility data. Like imagine you drive a car and in startup, you try to drive the car as fast as you can without the doors to fall off, right? So mm-hmm. everything is shaking and the doors, you hold it. And you need to have a dashboard where you can see the fuel, you can see the speed, you can see everything in one place, right? Like you fly F35. And we try with Safer, we try different platforms like Kissmetrics and others that are providing you dashboards and data. But we never managed to go to basically develop what we need. So every business it has its own unique metrics that you like to see and how it behaves and how does it work. Not necessarily all the businesses look alike. What we end up doing in Print 31 is basically speaking, building our own, we call it Jarvis. It's a product that within Print 31 that gives us visibility to all the accounts and all the metrics that we need. Monday did it with Big Brain and some podcasts online about Big Brain and recommended to watch. And it tracks a lot, a lot of different metrics that are customized for our own business. Starts from ARR, it's easy, but it's utilization and how much of our like logins or connections or different types, very customized, including the satisfaction and score and to alert us customers that are having some difficulties and really automate our work in order to create that uh, dashboard. Imagine you build F35, you want to have a clear understanding of all the different and important metrics you have in the company. Probably there are tools that you can utilize outside to do it, but we never manage to build whatever we want. So you build your own pretty much. We did it alone, yeah. Anything else, anything else dark that you can share, maybe like a bad POC customer, maybe a frustrated meeting with VC. Depends on many different topics. What I've learned that you need only one yes. (laughs) There are many meetings that will say, no, I don't want to call any VCs, right? But we have got no's, we've got yes and then no's, we've got, it's not the first or last. So I don't have a particular story to share because I don't want also to name any VCs, but we have had uh, VCs that gave us a term sheet and then took it off the table. We had... VCs that we've encountered that then worked with other teams and pivoted them into our own direction. We had many different stories. There's a lesson learned from the stories? Yeah. Be excited about it. Stick with your own. Listen and reiterate the feedback on, on every meeting. No one right is right or wrong. 
the different perspectives, respect it, and but don't be affected in, from it mentally, right? You only need one yes. And that proved itself along the way. And today, Print 21, we, our investors are partners that I can say partners for life. And we have inside partners and big capital, Toba Capital and Spring Ventures at Bayaviv, Rufua, Iron Ventures and Trey Capital, Jar Ventures. We have really great investors that supporting us in fire and water. And this is, this is something that I'm greatly appreciated about. And my advice is really to, at the beginning specifically, but then also later on, don't take these meetings to, uh, to seriously continue to stick with your own. And it's, uh, you need only one yes. So it's a good advice. Be positive. Great. Amit, thank you very much. A lot of good information. It was interesting topics and good advice as well. I like the idea about don't give up and be positive. Thank you. Anything else you want to add? No, it's a pleasure to connect. Good luck to everyone that is going to a new road for building his own startup. It's a roller coaster, but definitely life experience. Thank you. Thank you. For everyone that's listening, please don't forget to subscribe, like us, comment us, share with your friends. It's definitely helping the channel and everybody else. And we'll see you next episode. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you so much, guys.